Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jollip, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, this is Chris Doctor, and I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. I'll be joined in just a minute by Rhonda Jolliffe. If this is your first time listening, we are really happy that you're here today. We produce this podcast every week, and you'll be able to find any of the resources we mention, as well as our show notes at our website, rhondanp.com. Today's episode is number 007, and we've named it Exercise, Why You Might Be Doing It All Wrong. Today, we dive into why it's so important to exercise during menopause and the positive difference it makes with balancing out your hormones. Rhonda goes into all of the details, and we talk about the right ways to exercise, and it is different from what you might be doing right now. We discuss ways to adapt our current ways of exercising related to running and biking, and we go into detail on the relaxing and calming exercises, one of which is Pilates. Rhonda is a certified Pilates instructor, and she breaks down why this is the perfect exercise for perimenopausal and menopausal women. I do it, and I love it. We cover some information on the right types of supplements to take. We touch on the concept of our exercise bucket list. And finally, we talk about ways to improve our human growth hormone, which can be a great support during this time. There's a lot of great information to share in this episode, so let's get moving. Today's topic is exercise. You're going to either love it or you hate it, but we're going to talk about it today. So um, why don't we start really talking about why during menopause we need to think about changing up our exercise routine? Well, you know, there's some people that don't exercise at all. And I have to tell you that if you are not exercising while going through menopause, you're going to figure out really quickly that it's going to make a big difference to start an exercise program. So if you're one that hasn't exercised and you're not an exerciser, you do need to do something. And that might look different than those that have been exercising their whole life. But it doesn't matter who it is, what it is, we need to exercise. Why do you need to start? What, what, what's the big difference it makes during well, the, menopause? The number one reason it helps balance out the hormones. So there's just study after study on what exercise really does to our chemistry of our body. And basically, it will help lower insulin levels, which insulin comes from the pancreas, which manages our blood sugar. And the insulin takes a hit at menopause because you don't have those ovaries doing their job. So insulin becomes more important. So it helps lower insulin levels. The other thing it does chemically is it lowers cortisol levels. So cortisol is our stress hormone. Now we know that a lot of people exercise to relieve stress. And that's why, because it does help that chemically in our body, decreases the cortisol levels. And so it helps us manage our stress. So those two main hormones are affected in exercise and extremely important at menopause. Okay, so that makes sense. So when when you exercise, you feel better. But we can't do the, let's say, so I am a runner, I used to be a big runner. And when I got into perimenopause, uh, because of our relationship, you told me, oh, you can't do that anymore as much as you have been. Why not? 
Yeah. Well, uh, if you're a long distance runner, for instance, um, what you are doing is you're pouring out a little bit too much adrenaline over time. So it can, when I, when I say over time, it might be that if you're, if you're actually running for 45 minutes to an hour, you're really getting into that, um, adrenaline surges, um, you're using a lot more adrenaline and that in turn can actually wear you down because it's those adrenal glands that are now doing the workload during menopause. Uh, so if you're pouring out too much adrenaline, you can actually get really tired. And so if you're feeling more fatigued than you used to and exercise is not helping that it's making it worse, you need to cut back. So what what kinds of ways can we adapt our exercise in perimenopause and menopause? So, you know, if you really love that running, what I would suggest is a run-walk. And so that's like a high-intensity uh, interval training type thing. So you can run for maybe two minutes and then walk for a minute, run for three minutes, walk for two minutes. So a run-walk will actually kind of bring those cortisol levels down without pouring out too much adrenaline because you're getting those rest periods. So that's really, if you have to run, that is a really good way to do it. And probably if you're doing something like that, 20 to 25 minutes is enough. You shouldn't do that for a long period of time either because eventually it's does wear you down. So then when we're talking about running, would that also be hold true for biking or anything else where you get your cardio level up really high? Yeah, yeah, it does. The thing about running that's interesting as you go through menopause, the things that change are really um, uh, our hormones affect our joints. And so when you're running, it is affecting your joints more now because you don't have that lubrication that you're getting when you have estrogen on board. So you're probably going to get more arthritic changes and some pain in your joints a lot quicker now that you've gone through menopause. So if, if that's the case, going a little off topic here, is what kind of supplement should you take in terms of if you have joint pain um, because the estrogen is kind of slowly draining from your body? It is. It <laughs> is. Well, I fish oils are kind of at the top of the list. You really should be on fish oils because they're an oil that actually helps for inflammation in general. Uh, so that's a really good supplement to take. Turmeric is a nice supplement for inflammation and self because when you're doing too much exercise, you're causing an inflammatory response, which in turn will cause um, joint inflammation and pain. So turmeric's another one. And then for the joints specifically, a combination of um, chondroitin, MSM, and hyaluric acid is really a good option. So turmeric do you take that in a capsule form or do, can I just put that in my like shake in the morning? You can put it in your shake in the morning. It comes in many forms. It comes in pill form. You can get it in a tea and you can just get it in. It's an herb. And so you can get it in a powder form and you can uh, put it in hot water. You can stick it in your shake, um, put it in with coconut, heated up coconut milk. And, and that's a really nice thing in the evening to take because it actually can help you sleep. Good, good. So let's talk a little bit about what exercise is appropriate at this point. So regular, moderate exercise is the best. So you want to exercise it at least five times a week of moderate exercise. And so when I say moderate exercise, it's kind of what we were talking about, maybe just 20 to 30 minutes versus that hour. And if you really like to exercise, doing 15 to 20 minutes twice a day would be better than doing that hour-long exercise once a day. Okay, okay. So what we talk a little bit about, or you talk a little bit about 
some of the relaxing exercises. Let's talk through those a little bit. Right. So we think about cardio and cardio is really important, but more importantly, or almost more importantly, they're probably about the same, is to really be doing flexibility and relaxing exercises because this is so important when you've got a loss of hormones as well to keep your joints flexible. Uh, So yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, Qigong, these are all things that actually kind of calm down your system and they lower cortisol levels, lower adrenaline levels. So they're, I call them the relaxing exercises and they're really important to support your adrenal glands. So you should be doing these at least three times a week. Okay. So Pilates and um, a confession, um, I just started Pilates about six months ago and I really didn't even know what it was all about. And you're a certified Pilates instructor. Yeah, Reformer. I do Reformer Pilates, which I am a huge fan of Reformer Pilates because it takes less workload on your joints and it's it's just stabilizes your core and pretty much anybody can do it, it you know, to start out. So uh, huge for your flexibility, huge for your core strength, which is what we lose as we age. And so that's really important. Um, also, you learn how to breathe. And so a lot of people actually hold their breath in the exercise, which is like an oxymoron of what we really should be doing is breathing more. (laughs) So um, Pilates teaches you how to breathe. So if you really learn the Pilates breath, a lot of runners become better runners by doing the Pilates breath because they're breathing and breathing and working our core when you're um, doing any exercise is really important, especially at menopause. So tell me... um, I've heard of floor Pilates and reformer Pilates. What's the difference? So floor Pilates, basically you're on the floor and with a mat and it's called mat Pilates and you're, you're using your body more. And so some people that have maybe a lower back problems, it might be a little too straining for them. Or when you're first starting out your core, if you have a really weak core, it's a lot harder to do versus um, reformer, you can work out um, at your own pace to strengthen your core so you can do more exercises. So we do some beginner exercises initially till they get their core strength going and then you add in more intermediate and advanced. And it's a pulley system. So you actually have um, this pulley and so it creates, it has less strain on your joints and your um your muscles and it actually works your core and you can concentrate on your breathing a lot more I think than doing on the mat you know I um, have done Pilates now like I said for a couple of months and I can tell you I'm so much more my strength in my core is crazy I didn't and when you're doing it you don't feel like you're doing much of anything. And the next day you get you like hit the floor and you're like, oh crap, what did I do I yesterday? I oh yeah, it was that Pilates class. But it's it's really, um, it's kind of soothing when you're doing it because it's very rhythmic too. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite exercises. And um, I actually was exposed to it. Uh, it was a um, physician that was in a car accident and she lived in New York and she had been doing it in New York. And when she moved here, there was no availability, and she had talked to me about it. And so that was the first I had heard about the reformer Pilates, and she did it for her rehab training for her back. And so it's being used also for that, for people with injuries. And what's really cool is if you do have an injury, there's a lot of exercises that are designed just to strengthen that area. So it's it's it can be very therapeutic as well. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. So, you know, 
One of the other things in terms of perimenopause and menopause as we get to this stage of our lives is, you know, a lot of times we think about those bucket list things that I am like, I remember Oprah, I think she was 40 or 50 and she ran a marathon. Like you go Oprah, you go girl. But you're really saying you shouldn't do that. Well, you know, there's, there's definitely good and bad. If you haven't been a runner at menopause is not the time to start. It really isn't. I mean, if you've been a runner up until then, it's okay. Um, just maybe slow down the pace a little bit. But to start that exercise, it really can wear down your adrenal system because you don't have those hormones. And so uh, increased injury or arthritis or things like that are going to be more common for the menopausal women that hasn't been exercising um, and to start something that strenuous. So yeah, it becomes this bucket list. I'm going to run a 5K when I'm 50. And so if you want to run a 5K, if you're under 40, do it when you're 40 versus 50, because at 50, it's really not the best time to be starting a running program because you're just starting to go through menopause then. Yeah. So what other tips do you have for exercising for, for perimenopausal and menopausal women? Yeah, well, it's all about hormones. So there's definitely some things that go on in exercise, the human growth hormone um, that we lose more rapidly after menopause. Uh, You can actually do some things uh, exercise-wide to improve on that. Um, So that burst training or that high interval, like when I said you could run for two minutes and walk for a minute and kind of do that, that's one of them. Um, And doing exercising in the morning on an empty stomach actually can increase your um, human growth hormone production. And then um, eating fat later in the day and after your um, exercise meal, um, getting some protein and some antioxidants and some fat. And you eat that as a post-meal. That actually can improve your human growth hormone. So talk a little bit about when you say... Your recommended protein, high oxidant, low fat. What what would that look like on my plate? <laughs> so yeah, what food is so that? So like fifteen to twenty grams of protein. So if you have a good protein shake, okay, most of them contain fifteen to twenty grams. Some of them are high protein. You don't want to ever get into high protein as a menopausal woman. You want moderate protein. So fifteen to twenty grams at a sitting is a moderate program protein. Um, Higher for a lot of women because women tend to not eat protein. So it seems like you're eating more protein when you go to that 15 to 20 grams. But that's really a moderate protein. High protein is not uh, um, something menopausal women should do because it is hard on your bones and it does deplete. So 15 to 20 grams, most um, protein shakes have that. And so just simply having a protein shake uh, after after you eat is a really good option and maybe putting um, some greens in there some fruits some vegetables and, and doing a smoothie that's high antioxidant and then maybe adding a teaspoon of coconut oil or peanut butter or um, almond butter or something that actually puts a little fat that's a really good post exercise meal so why do we need fat I don't get that tell me why we need fat well, fat's really important for hormone production. Okay. So if you don't have enough fat, your body actually cannot produce hormones. And that's all hormones. So you need fat. And fat also um, helps balance out insulin levels as well. And so again, we're... we're um, we're trying to balance that out. So yeah, low fat diet or not is really not a favored diet of menopause actually 
should not be women should not be on a low fat diet which it's kind of funny because they tend to gain a little weight and so they want to decrease on their fat to lose the weight when in reality if you increase on your fat a little bit increase on your protein a little bit you're probably going to manage the weight a lot easier okay okay was there any other uh, tip about exercising oh and by the way on that fat Uh, Eating that later in the day actually is good for that human growth hormone. So I tend to recommend eating um, fat, protein, and carb, more carb, more fat in the evening, more protein in the morning. Okay, okay. Very good, very good. You know, when I was looking um, at this podcast uh, and, and researching it a little bit, I found this really great article. It makes a lot of sense. It just talks about the value of exercise. It was it was in the New York Times um, in September, and it just talks about you know not only we want to feel better, but um, exercising. There's a new study that goes uh, a strong incentive to exercise is you can save, and they quantified this, which was kind of interesting. You can save about twenty five hundred dollars a year on your by reduced medical costs um, just by walking thirty minutes five times a week, which is crazy. You know, if you think about it, not only do you want to feel better, but you can also save money, you know, really by staying out of the doctor's office. Well, I can attest to this very thing because I've been practicing for 20 years and seeing a lot of patients. And when people can commit to a really good, healthy lifestyle, I don't see them as often. And it's interesting because sometimes people come in and it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you for a year. And they're like, yeah, because I'm doing so good. Uh, not to mention, I've taken women, uh, men too, off of blood pressure medication, cholesterol medication. So the cost of that, which by the way, is not getting cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so neither are the office visits and, and what insurance coverage is doing. So you will definitely save. I can completely attest to this and $2,500 a year really sounds right. Good, good. Um, so when we think about exercise and menopause, is there anything else of, of all the things we talked about today, what's kind of a takeaway message for someone just coming into menopause or perimenopause and really understanding that, you know, this is a time to start to do things a little bit differently? Yeah, uh, to, to really, really start exercising. If you're not exercising at all, it's it's going to make a huge difference on how you feel. And if you are an over-exerciser, to really look at that. And so if you are running seven days a week or even six days a week and you're running miles and you're, you're, you can't sit down and you're really, you know. I mean, pretty much people that are high adrenaline people know they're high adrenaline people. And if that's you, um, just calming that down. You want to calm that system down. Maybe only run three times a week and adding in that weight training and those relaxing exercises. Good, good. Well, thank you. So again, we want to wish you all the best in your exercise efforts and start to think about things just a little differently. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.